Hello, I am Jesse Gitzer, and I'm thrilled to introduce my co-host, Naomi Beatty. Hello, I'm Naomi Beatty, and this is my sidekick. Jesse Kester. Woo! And I got it despite your best efforts. I was telling me I was not on I, beat for that I one. I was teeing you up. Thank you. So can we get rid of this music in celebration sure. of me having achieved my lifelong goal of saying sure. one time? Welcome to currently titled Movies, the podcast, but that might not stay the same forever. <laughs> um, we've got a lot to get into today, so we're going to get right into it. First of all, we are going to review the film Taking Chance, starring the one and only the singular Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Um, big questions on that. I'm not seeing any on my notes, Do you? Uh, but I've got so many in my head. Do you have any big questions that you want to tease uh, at the top of the show? No, I mean, I'm mostly curious to hear what you thought of I it. I can't wait to hear what you thought of it. <laughs> I hope everyone who's listening has seen this film because they will understand the... The, the the fascinating it's such a peculiar it's a very unique film yes, I haven't seen this is. one before yeah um, after that we are going to I'm going to pitch mm-hmm. and it's going to be a curveball mm-hmm. and then okay. I'm going to pitch again oh okay. and it's going to be another curveball two pitches today I have two half pitches today oh, okay interesting we're trying something out we're trying okay. on, I'm trying on a new pair of underwear today oh great so. <laughs> Let's get right into it. Can we okay. get right into it? Please. Let's oh, do it. But I, oh, I cannot I cannot possibly play the next music cue without asking you the question that is on my mind. What's that? That is, did you have any theories this week? <laughs> and if so, which was the dominant one? I did not have any theories. No scientific week. postulations. No. No, no no curiosity that you How wish to explore. Not a one. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Time for the talk. I didn't set it up at the the first half of it that it's time for, but it is time for the talk. talk. Taking chance. I cannot resist asking this question. Mm -hmm. Even if you paid me, I'd still ask. How much would you be willing to pay me to not ask the following question? I don't know what the question is. Did you enjoy watching Taking Chance? Um, you know. Back up. How much would you pay me? (laughs) We leave no threads dangling on. I I wouldn't pay you to not ask that question. Okay. So did you enjoy Um, Taking Chance? What did you think of this film? You know, I... I, that's such a tough question with this one. Cause it's, it's an odd movie. I think, um, very singular. It's unlike other movies. Um, I did enjoy it actually. Okay. Um, but it's, a, it is, it's a little bit strange. It's a little bit of a strange experience watching it. I think. How about you? What were your thoughts? Loved it. Oh, interesting. Loved it. I Loved kind it. of didn't expect you to be on that side. What would you? What, what did you think I would have disliked about that film? I thought you were going to rail against um, the the structure of the story, mm-hmm. um, kind of the meditativeness of the story. Like it's not really a story so much as a. Do we have a summary? I feel like, yeah. Pondering. Let's get the summary out of the way because I really want to talk about this film. Yeah. So here's the logline. Taking Chance, it's from 2009. It's an HBO original, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Based on real life of... Real life events, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Strobel, a volunteer military escort officer, accompanies the body of 19-year-old Marine Chance Phelps back to his hometown of Dubois, Wyoming. Done. Is that, does that sound accurate? I Done. stole that off of IMDb. What was mine? Mine was uh, suffering uh, imposter's guilt. Uh, Marine delivers the body of a fallen soldier hmm. to his hometown. Interesting. That was... <laughs> I'm trying... There was one moment of conflict. There was that one TSA agent who kind of annoyed mm-hmm. him a little bit. Yeah. But other than that, 
very conflict. I loved it. I loved it. Hmm, I really, really so loved it. So tell me what you loved about it. Because um, I, I am genuinely surprised. And there's only one thing I didn't like about it. Okay. First of all, uh, let's move the baseline. I think I might have mentioned this before, that I would rather watch a mediocre film that tries to do something I haven't seen before mm. than watch a great film that is uh, so cut in the formula and the recipe that, that it's indistinguishable. I'm going to... I'm going to call you out on that because mm-hmm. we literally just watched National Treasure yes. at your recommendation. Yes, 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 yes. No, I'm not saying that I <laughs> I boycott all structured, uh, you know, all, all National movies. Treasures. Yeah. But but I really come alive when I see a, a filmmaker who's trying yeah. who's trying to do something that that I, I loved the pacing, I loved the tone, I loved the meditative quality of it, mm-hmm. I loved the apolitical nature of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first movie I've seen that had the support of the military that didn't just degenerate into military porn. Like you think Mm -hmm. of your top guns Mm -hmm. or, uh, your, uh, like saving private Ryan's or something that are really just like kind of military porn. Like our, our boys are the most honorable, dedicated, Mm -hmm. fearless boys that the world has ever seen to see one. That's kind of just the, the, the concussion of this, the, the ripple effect of, of a corpse moving through space and people seeing it and mm-hmm. we don't have access to their thoughts. All we can do is have our own thoughts on it. Right. Really apolitical, really ambitious. Loved it. Loved it. The only thing I didn't like, uh, was at the end when we were, uh, when we were forced to endure a montage of all the people who have seen the body. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I, if you need to lean on a montage of what happened in your film in the third act, your film, like, you, it didn't work. You, sure. Uh, and that, that felt kind of cheesy and thin. But everything else, the meditation I loved, mm-hmm. the, the ham-fisted conclusion to the meditation that everybody was meditating was, I could have left it. Sure, sure. I, I don't disagree with you, and I'm, I think I'm just stunned into silence by your, by your response to it. I was fully expecting you to hate this movie, uh, and I was prepared to tell you that... Um, I fully admit that I might be biased because mm-hmm. my dad was a Marine. And oh. so I think that I have a little bit of like, uh, uh, just an affinity for things that are related to the military. I sort of grew up around a lot of men that were veterans and, you mm-hmm. know, and so, um, so I have a soft spot for yeah, yeah, yeah. stories about veterans. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean, I, I found it a very emotional experience to watch this movie, but at the same time I was analyzing it and I was like, this is a really non-traditional yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. It felt more like a documentary than yeah. it did a narrative film. Mm-hmm. I think it helps a lot that it's Kevin Bacon. He's sure. very interesting to look at mm-hmm. and he communicates a lot through his face. He doesn't have more than a dozen words in mm. this whole film. It's really, it's a rare film that the main character. Yeah. And he's more, he's our sort of our window character. Like yeah. he's, he's letting us into sort of his role as an observer and, you know, experiencing what this is like to, to sort of escort the body. Right. We're, we're experiencing it through his eyes and seeing all the people and all the reactions yes. and everything. So I called it a portrait of an experience in my notes. <laughs> I like and that. Those are so rare in cinema. Yeah. And if, okay, let's, let's try to find some, some other doors we can enter this building. Sure. If I had been tired when I put it on, mm-hmm. I would not have made it to the oh, end. I don't think so. Guaranteed. guaranteed. I actually was tired when I put okay, it on. Okay, you made it to the end? Yeah, I just, I mean, I, it's short, it, <laughs> first of all. It's very short. All 77 minutes of <laughs> yeah. it. 
It was, I watched it early in the day and I was leaning in the whole time. I was at the edge of my seat for all the nothing that was happening. Hmm. I find this so interesting. I'm, I'm a little bit baffled because I really thought you were going to be like, <laughs> you're you going to be me? like, ah, it's too much. Like it's propaganda and it's, you know. Um, no, it wasn't. There was no, he was like at the TSA's agent. He got a little testy. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't our, our boys in uniform are perfect at all times. Sure. He was getting a little snappy with the agent and right. the agent was getting snappy. And that was the only conflict in this whole film. The rest of it, he was watching. Yeah, the rest of it was emotional conflict. I mean, it was internal conflict really for, for him, I think, mm-hmm. um, which is saying a lot because, they, you know, it's like, the entire, granted it's a short movie, but the entire 77 minutes, all we're doing is watching Kevin Bacon sort of try to dramatize his internal emotions on his face, you know? Yeah. I mean, but a lot of... Really effectively, though. I mean, Really effectively. And I thought a lot of the emotion was, what am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a, a, a beautiful way to move through emotions was sure. the, the, the ambiguity of it all and... Loved it. Just loved it. I also really thought I, and this is where I thought you were also going to disagree with me. Uh, I can go harder if you want. (laughs) I can can be a a nasty little. I love that you loved it. Actually. I'm, I'm very pleased to have recommended it now. No, thank you. And I never would have (laughs) watched it from the poster from, (laughs) I never, this would have been off my radar from now until death. I, um, but one thing I did really enjoy that they included in the movie was sort of the, um, the procedural element of what happens, you know, trying the to tagging, the cleaning, yeah, the cleaning, the, the getting the uniform right, the you know. Nope. And I'm sitting there thinking they load it on the plane and he checks it going into the mm-hmm. plane and then it I'm like thinking like, okay, it's gonna it's not gonna be there when they land. It's he's gonna get separated <laughs> from it some Nope. He yeah. every time it went on, they checked it. Every time it came off, he checked it and right. it was fine every time. But I've never thought about the logistics of moving a corpse yeah. and, and a Marine corpse at that. Yeah. Like The logistics are just something that are off my radar. And to be able to right. see a window into that world yeah. so dispassionately told, not trying sure. to push for any, any ideology at all was such a relief. Like just here's some information. Here's a world you never, ever would have seen otherwise, Mm -hmm. which is why we go to movies is to get access to a world. We wouldn't like this was, this was Lord of the Rings, but on a totally different (laughs) scale. Like it's just a world I had no access to. And for, for 77 short minutes, I (laughs) did. I was in that world. Right. I I thought the bar scenes were delightful. Mm -hmm. They could have been longer. I I would have been happy to stay with his family and get a little bit more texture of his friends and community. But yeah, I also really like the, um, the ceremony of everything. I I mean, I know it's a sad situation, but like the, the ceremony of the military, you know, um, I find all of that really moving. Yes. And you get a feel for the different amounts of time they take to salute in different situations. Mm -hmm. Like just all this nuanced information that I'd never, never even be able to consider in my life. Really? It, I, I loved it. I just loved this so much. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad. <laughs> and we are 10 minutes into the episode and I've got nothing more to say. All right. Um, well, here, I'll tell you. Um, hit me. Do, did you have a big question you wanted to ask about this movie or no? Why do we have to die? <laughs> that is a very big question. Did you have I, any questions? I, I, I don't have any answers. Okay, that's for fine. <laughs> Did you have any big questions? So, so the the sort of larger topic that I thought this movie um, brought up in an interesting way, and I didn't expect mm-hmm. it to, um, but I think it's a good jumping off point to talk about this, is 
when you are writing a screenplay, when you're coming up with the idea for your screenplay, um, let me back up. One of the things that I see missing in a lot of screenplays mm-hmm. is, is a big idea. And it's sort of this thing that is hard to pinpoint. It doesn't happen at, you know, a certain page in the script or whatever, but it's, it's some bigger idea that, um, that you leave your audience with, or that gives meaning to the story that gives your story a reason for being right. And like if we were talking adaptation, just a little bit of context, mm-hmm. like that big idea mean might be like, what does it mean to try to create art or something yeah, like that? Exactly. Like if that's, and I think it might be interpreted in different ways. By yeah, different people, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah there, but that could be one bigger. Like these there. Are the essential questions of yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it can be, um, I had some questions that we can use to sort of like, because I think the big idea is different for every movie too. So I think yeah. it, there's a different jumping off point for every idea that you're developing, um, to find the big idea. And I think that, um, I don't want to narrow this down to it's like the theme or it's, you know, it's the character's arc or anything like that. I think, yeah. I think kind of the, the big intangible idea of your movie can be thematic or it can be philosophical or it can be emotional. Like I would say uh, national treasure, mm-hmm. you might laugh at this. I would say the big idea in national treasure is an emotional one. And it's how cool is American history? Like, I think that that's what that movie is about is just how, how great is yeah, this? How fun is it to frolic in, the, this, yeah, 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 in, in hundreds of yeah, years? And of, all of, this stuff that you don't know about your, your country's history. I think that that's the big idea there, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And so it doesn't have to be super serious and it doesn't have to be philosophical, but it can be, it, okay. it can be just an emotional thing. And I would call that, um, that an excited, you know, sort of feeling behind that idea. Can we, um, can we call this the central thesis mm, or is that not, not for me, but you could okay. call it that. <laughs> okay. Cause uh, well, here's what I, I was going to say. Either we could call this like this discussion, the central thesis, or we can call it what I'm sure you will never ever in your entire life <laughs> say on microphone. And that is what's the big idea. <laughs> You're right. I would not say that, but how, how did I know? <laughs> so we're going to call this segment. What's the big idea. <laughs> you can call it that. Okay. Uh, I do think that is how I think of this sort of aspect or element of your, of your story though. And a mm-hmm. lot of times when I read scripts, it's, you know, I can tell that there's like plot stuff there that's interesting, but I don't really know what it's about, or I don't really know what the author's trying to say mm-hmm. with the story. I don't really understand kind of the big idea behind it. Um, so I think that it's, it's important to think about, even though it's a difficult thing to think about yeah. when you're writing, but I do have some, some questions that you can ask yourself to kind of like navigate your own thoughts and feelings about your story and try to narrow in on what it is the big idea is of your story. I wonder if this is a good a, a good research piece for that because this film is exclusively big idea. Like there's no plot at all getting in the way of right. this this kind of the the essential questions yeah. that it has on its mind. So, uh, as as you read this, I will be thinking about how appropriate this is. <laughs> is it a coincidence or did you come up with this in purely conjunction? Wow. Purely, purely coincidence. You um, are super lucky. Please. This worked out well. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so here are some questions I think you can ask yourself and mm-hmm. I want you to keep in mind that the big idea isn't the same for every movie, right? It's sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's philosophical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's thematic. It can be any of those things. It can probably be other things I haven't thought of yet. So, so and also, I think you mentioned like with with adaptation that uh, different audience members, depending on the complexity of the art piece, they might be able to walk away with a different, yeah, a different, takeaway. yeah, a different wording or an entirely right. different. 
different concept of, of the big idea of yeah. that film, depending on how com- complicated the weaving is in, yes, in a movie. Exactly. And I think what it, what it really comes down to is leaving your audience with some feeling that there was a bigger idea behind yeah. the story, even if it's interpreted slightly differently by different audience members, that there was something else there besides just the plot points, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so here are the questions that you can use to sort of find your big idea. And this is not an exhaustive list. Okay. These are just the first ones that I thought of. Okay. Should I be taking notes furiously no. or will you share your list with me as we continue them. to discuss it? Okay. <laughs> sure. So what's the point of telling us this story? I think that's mm-hmm. a good one. Like what's, what's your point in telling it? Uh, how is it relevant today? That's a different question. Um, you know, I mean, it's a different way to sort of find the big idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, why should we care about this story? What are you trying to say about people or the world or politics or something else? Um, and by these are all like uh, sort of brainstorming questions, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Cause you're not going to, I'll get back to that. This isn't like a pass fail test. No, no, this no. is a yeah. warm up exercise to get your, get your, right. Exactly. Get the juices flowing. And, and all this to say that not every one of these ideas will spark your yeah. revelation of your, of the big idea. Yes, you yes. know what I mean? And you don't have to have all of them answered right. before you right. uh, type fade up. Exactly. And you should never type fade up. And, um, <laughs> and the last one is <laughs> obviously you start with a smash cut <laughs> by the end of the story. What's changed could be a character's outlook or it could be some aspect of the world. But if you think about what's changed over the course of your story, that can lead you to kind of a thematic big idea. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so those are the questions that I think you can use as sort of brainstorming points to, to figure out like, what is it really that is, meaningful about this story? Why does it need to exist? Why am I telling it? Um, you know, why should anyone else care about the story? Why do I care about the story? Like all of those yeah, things yeah. Will, will kind of get you to why, why, why tell it? You yes. know, let's, let's go through that list sure. once more and sure. let's try to find a quick answer for, okay. uh, for taking chance, like try sure. to suppose what, what the filmmakers might've been saying. Yeah. So what's the point of telling us this story? If I, if what, what was the point? It was to, to shed light on, on a mourning process mm. and we all experience mourning processes in our own way. And this is a mourning process. We don't get to partake in yeah. on a day to day basis. That's a good one. Um, how is it relevant today? Uh, we seem to still have wars. There seem to sure. be people coming home in, in caskets instead of in cars. And yeah. And just so you know, it's okay if any of these questions are irrelevant to this particular story too. If you feel like you you don't have an answer for one of these, that's totally fine. Uh, Why should we care about this story? That's a, that's a tougher one for me because it is outside of my wheelhouse. Like you mentioned that your, your father was a Marine. Mm -hmm. So this might be more in, it might be more relevant to you than it was to my day to day. Part of the fascination was that it was completely irrelevant to my day to day for my whole life. So So I think about that as, I mean, I think about this movie, um, and why we should care about it, I think because we don't often take time to process the the aftermath of someone going to war. Like I think hero your soldiers are celebrated for joining up and yes, for and yeah, for yeah, yeah. becoming heroes, right? Yeah. But we don't often look at what happens like you were saying before, the ripple effect of like a body coming home, you know, yeah, and all yeah. the people that that touches and all the people that it should touch, you know, yes, all the yeah, people yeah, that yeah. should think it about should it. have so. an effect on our day to day. That it's in, so far in the periphery of what I think about is not how things right. should be when we talk, like as a country that is actively engaged in wars, we should have it on our minds a right. little bit more than yeah. I do maybe. Yeah. 
I should have it on my mind a little bit more. I, I, I didn't mean to preach at you. But, no, no, no. I, do, but I, I don't disagree a, at all. I think it is, you know, um, who's just who's to say like what the filmmakers intended. But I think yeah, that, that yeah. could have been one one thing that they were hoping to accomplish is like you were. I mean, it, there is overlap with your first answer, right? It was just showing us the mourning process yeah. um, and the things that we don't typically think about, you know, I think. Uh, even if this wasn't attended, I don't think any answer we're giving now would offend the director no, or the screenwriter. So. I think yeah. they'd be like, yeah, that's pretty much in line <laughs> yeah, with it. I, I mean, might have said it a little things. different. <laughs> all those things are true. Yeah. Um, and then what are you trying to say about people or the world or politics or something else? I don't know that they were necessarily trying to say anything political or about the world. I think um, maybe yeah, I there was a, a statement there about how um, everyone is sort of affected by death at some point. And yeah. so, and that's kind of a thing that joins us, you know, it, but it seemed much more concerned with the human condition than the political yeah. state, right. which is so rare for a military sure. based film. A, a, a case of one right. that I'm aware of that <laughs> right. is completely apolitical and so entrenched in, in politics and government. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the last one, I will stop. Re <laughs> I will stop rewording all the reasons that I loved this. Soon. Don't worry. Here's the last question. By the end of the story, what's changed a character outlook or some aspect of the world? That's tougher. And I feel like the change is going to take time beyond the confines of this film that mm -hmm. he, he went there to ask a question that will take a long time to find an answer to. Yeah. I guess for me, I think the, the, the change in, uh, the Kevin Bacon character was something along the lines of um, feeling guilt over not having done more or mm -hmm. like he didn't give it his all sort of to his service. And then realizing that, um, I mean, I think by the end he's more at peace with that where he's like, yeah. there, there are reasons for the military to exist. And uh, it's not a fault of his that he, has a season in his life that he's not the one protecting that he's, he's doing his part in a different way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I've never been involved with the military, but that feeling of like the, these people I, I grew up with in the, in this environment are dead and mm -hmm. I'm here. How does that experience, what's that experience yeah. like? Like, what does that feel like? This is the closest I've ever gotten in the world of film to that yeah. experience yeah. of, did of remorse, of survivor's remorse, or right. whatever it is. Yeah, survivor's guilt. Did yeah. you um, did you feel like there was in the Kevin Bacon character? Did you feel like he was slightly more at peace at the end of the movie? Yes, yes. So I think that that's the you know like in in terms of that question helping you get to the bigger idea. I think that um, if you can think about the change that a character goes through, this is like kind of taking you down the path of theme, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you think about the change that the character goes through, that can that can lead you to that bigger idea in a thematic yeah. way. It's like the theme of this movie might be something like, um, you know, we we all have a part that we that we, you know, there's something banging outside. Um, we all have a part, you know, that we uh, fulfill or 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 do in in terms of you know the way um, kind of. <laughs> So many noises outside. Sorry. It's like a sound effects record is, is happening <laughs> yeah. in real time. All right. Anyway, theme. There theme. you go. <laughs> Good golly. Should I say that I love this film once more sure. or, or should we move on? No, I loved this film. Good. But the thing about the, the character arc, like they, they never answered the, the, the setup at the beginning where he's giving a report and his, his supervisors are like, this, you have a woefully small perspective of what's happening. Mm. 
And we can see that just by your re- report on recommendations for new troops. Yeah. Like there was never a scene where he came in with a new report and his sure. bosses were like, you nailed it, right. son. But I don't think we needed to see no, that. No, 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 I no. think the, the change, like you were saying, it's sort of like that montage we didn't need. Yeah. I feel like that would have been no, another <laughs> We didn't need it because we knew he's going to change he his changes, life yeah. outlook because right. of, of his experiences. Right. And that's that's enough. That right. We spend so much time sharing his emotions that there's no way for there to yeah. be ambiguity about. Yeah. I think it changes, you know, by watching him, him sort of have all those, that, that range of emotions, it, mm-hmm. it does affect you and it has, a, it causes you to change a little bit yeah, too. Yeah, 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 as yeah. As cheesy as that might sound. Yes. But I will say, so, so coming, so kind of thinking about the big idea of your story mm-hmm. helps you avoid the so what screenplay. That is, that is my message to you. Oh that yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about it because if you don't have something else in the, you know, baked in kind of like to the 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 whole the overall of your screenplay story you will have readers read it and, and go yeah that was okay yeah, nice. <laughs> that's oh. fine but they won't remember it a week yeah, later yeah, you know yeah. so how do you how do you identify those like is it just a process of writing a whole bunch of screenplays and then holding them up to the light and seeing what overlaps or is it how a- to identify what uh, what what your big ideas are like? Should you be chasing a big idea or? Well, I think it can be different for every script. Mm-hmm. Um, I think writers and filmmakers in general tend to explore big ideas that are all kind of related. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. like we talked about before, you have personal themes that yeah, just yeah, interest yeah. you that you gravitate towards. That sort of everything is about for you. Yeah. Um, so, but I I wouldn't I don't think that it necessarily has to be a um, I don't know, like an academic exercise that you're going through okay. with each script you write. I just think it's an important thing to think about that that when someone reads your script, they're going to be wondering why you're telling them this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want them to get done to finish reading your script and say, "So what?" Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you. I want, have had that experience. Yeah. So it, it's, it's not a good it's feeling. Not fun. So you want to think about like, why am I telling this story? Yeah. What What am I trying to impart to this person? Who you know, if you imagine yourself sitting across the table telling the story to someone what, what are you, what reaction are you hoping to get from yeah, them? You yeah. Know? No. And there's very, there's, um, it's, it's a page one rewrite. If you get to 120 pages and the person looks and says, so what? <laughs> like there's no quick fix on page 119 yeah, that'll. Yeah. It's not, you can't go to a page number and, and go, Oh, I just yeah. need to tweak this dialogue and we're no, good. No, it's like a fundamental. So it's just thinking about it for yourself, yeah. figuring out what it is for you and then, and then figuring out how to kind of make the story create that takeaway for your audience. And again, it doesn't have to be super serious. We've been talking about serious yeah, yeah, yeah. subject matter. From, with from National Treasure to right. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Right, to- exactly. I think National Treasure is a good example of it because it's like that, that, big idea is really fun. It's yeah, really yeah, fun. Yeah. So. yeah, it's baked into a lot of silly yeah. fun. Right. Um, so anyway, that's it. I've got a quick question before sure. we move on to the pitches. Uh, what should I do when week after week we have these conversations and I start to feel like this is just more stuff than any one person could possibly keep in their head at all times. How am I ever going to write a good screenplay if I don't get all this stuff right? How do you, how do you combat that feeling? <laughs> So I think there is uh, there are different modes that each of us op- needs to operate in when we're screenwriters, right? Mm-hmm. One of them is the learning mode where you're studying and you're analyzing and you're figuring out um, what makes a story work, what what makes this thing that I love so much good, right? Like yeah. what what are they doing right or what are they doing wrong? Um, and then when you're writing. 
push that stuff away and write your story. Okay. And, and okay. Then, and have faith that it's percolating in your subconscious have, have at all faith times. That it's percolating and have faith that if it's not, and it didn't get onto the page when you wrote that draft, mm-hmm. that you can then put, put yourself back in analytical mode, read okay. your own stuff and go, okay, what's not working about this now? What did, what did I not do that, that, that other thing that I love did like try to, you yeah. know what I mean? You like, can analyze your own work as if you're a reader and figure out what's missing and then work on figuring. But you can have, that. you can spend time having fun writing and yeah. also spend separate time having, right. fu- uh, not having fun, but being a, a scientist on your work. Right. Exactly. And I think those are two different modes that you have mm-hmm. to keep separate. Otherwise you will freeze yourself into not writing, you know? Well, now I want to skip the pitches and just go write for a couple of hours. It's, it's, it's a true feeling, like, because we've been doing these very kind of heady, serious talks, and mm-hmm. I've been like, oh, I'm getting more yeah. and more anxiety. Yeah. Well, I think um, that part of what you're doing by figuring out these pitches is you're doing a lot of the, I mean, I think you, you probably switch back and forth. There's a lot of analytical work that you're doing, like, because you're designing a story when yeah, you're, when yeah, you're yeah. working on yeah, these It's pitches. pretty much all analytical yeah. in the week leading up. And I think that there's phases in writing where sometimes you're going to be very, um, plot, you know, focused. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a more like engineering mindset. Right. And then when you're actually writing pages though, it, I think you should trust that what you figured out is a good map and then let yourself free, you know, be free on the page. So so check out my intuition. Okay. This was not intentional, any of this. Okay. Part of the reason I, I'm coming with half of a pitch today is because I wanted to see if like we could try doing a half, like a little bit, 10 minutes and 10 minutes and 10 minutes moving forward sure. on one idea to let it grow over time oh, instead yeah. of me trying to cram a feature's worth of plot devices into every week of writing. <laughs> okay. Uh, just just something that we can kind of keep rolling. Okay. Because it's a, it's a pitch that I have... I would love to crack this one because okay. it's such a good setup. It's kind of echoing last week where the first <laughs> act was good, but then I have no idea after okay. that. Okay, so wait, let me just clarify. So you yes. have two pitches today, I got two pitches. but they're half pitches. No, one is a full pitch oh, that okay. you won't really have feedback on and you'll understand once we get into the okay. pitch. Maybe you will. I don't know. It's a okay. little bit different. And then the other one is a one of my screwball Jesse okay. ideas that I really, really like and, and I think it could be a lot of fun to okay. develop. And that's the one that you're hoping to crack. That's over time, but there's no pressure, no rush. It's just like, let's seed the idea today and see, let it, let it kind of percolate over, over weeks. And if we have good ideas, we'll bring them up. And if we have no ideas whatsoever, (laughs) we'll have half a pitch on the, on the board for later. Is that all good? That's good. Then it is time for. The pitch is breaking new ground. All right. All right, so the first one I'm going to pitch, and this is why I'm not expecting too much feedback, mm-hmm. would be a documentary. Oh, okay, you're right. Okay, <laughs> so we're on the same page there, at least. Because the film we were watching, the the Taking Chance, felt more to me like a documentary. Mm-hmm. It, it, the the ideas that I was thinking of while I was watching it were more like uh, Koyana Skatsi or Baraka, like those, okay. just the wordless, semi-doc, semi-visual. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, like, it would be, the title of the film is Burial, mm-hmm. and it's a, a tribute to the burial rituals around the world in the style of Baraka or Karanaskatsi, where mm-hmm. you just see how different communities, how different people mm-hmm. handle the the burial of the dead. Interesting. And there's a, I think it's Neil deGrasse Tyson introduced this idea to me that we we measure the beginning of religion from when we see the beginning of burial of care being taken for the dead. Mm. That's when we think that humans have become 
spiritual beings that they they're planning for a, an afterlife. Hmm. So with that framing, I was going to say that sound it sounds like that's connected to the big idea. Yeah, of your documentary. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just this this idea of how do we meditate on death? How do we process mm-hmm. death? What rituals do we have around mm-hmm. our, our burials? And like, so, what purpose do they serve? Right? Yeah. For yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. Some of them practical. Most of them cosmetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, spiritually cosmetic right. that that there's really no there's no practical reason to embalm a body mm-hmm. and preserve it underground right. for as long as possible right. it's it's just spiritual practicality yeah. like yeah. To, to help preserve our own feelings about that person right. who's passed um so I, what i did was i looked up different types of different burial rituals around the world just different ways that people handle this that are unique and I, as as I talk about these, I, I think you can get a feeling for how that how there wouldn't need to be words in this. That this mm-hmm. is a lot of it is process driven. The, okay. the ways we mourn. Um, so of course there are the normal ones that we're all familiar with, like normal, a, huh? <laughs> like a traditional funeral where <laughs> okay. where taps is played by a small brass band or Got whatever it, it is. Um, death beads in South Korea, they have made a, uh, a system of processing a corpse that will turn it into these little glass like mm. beads. They're kind of turquoise. Wow. I didn't know that. And then you get to take that home because the, in South Korea, there's a 60 year limit on any burial ground hmm. that after 60 years, you have to give it up for the next person. Cause there are more, wow. more people dying than there is space to bury them all. Yeah, Interesting. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of alternative burials mm-hmm. in in South Korea, burials at sea, um, mm-hmm. cremation is much more popular, and now, mm-hmm. now these beads are. I think it's three in ten bodies are actually put underground in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, just like, <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it, that's that's about where I was. I was, huh, interesting. Yeah. But uh, Eternal Reefs, this is a little bit of a Carnival Barker thing. Sorry if you're working for Eternal Reefs and listening, where they mix in the the ashes with these concrete uh, statues that will go down underground. Mm-hmm. Un, not un, uh, They go underwater. Yeah. And they're built in a way that, that fish and anemones. Yeah. Um, I think that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you don't approve. No, I totally approve. It's a much more productive thing to do with your remains than putting them in the ground. But you like once it, once your ashes, it doesn't really make a difference if you're mixed in with concrete. Like the the concrete sure. reef is nice either way. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's something nice that somebody can say. It I, is. I want this done with my remains. <laughs> yes. I am going to pay to have a reef built. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. This is how I want to be buried. Yeah. Yes. But like the death beads, they don't exist without a corpse first. Sure. Sure, but, these, but they also don't have a, a purpose other than sitting on your mantle. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But I think, see, this is why I think that there's something interesting in this talk. I think like 90 minutes of this would lead to, we're not even two in and we're already kind of off the rails talking about what, what does it mean and how does it sure. feel? Well, but I, but this is making me think that you do need some sort of voiceover in your documentary to, to prompt people to have those questions, to explain or not explain always, but to sometimes mm-hmm. explain what's going on a little bit of context. Um, and yeah, to provide context and, uh, and also to sort of lead people to ask those questions of like, uh, which, which of these are, you know, purely practical things or, um, purely impractical things that I would still want to do because I see the sort of spiritual value in them. Right. And to ask, you know, force people to ask questions like that. Yeah. But I think there's a hook here. I really do. Okay. I do think that, that uh, your reaction is making me <laughs> making me feel uh, confidence. 
there's this ritual in Madagascar called Famade, Famadihana, where every seven, five or seven years, they exhume the bones of, of their dead relatives and they have like this wild party where they dance around and kind of, you know, cart them up on their shoulders and do mm-hmm. really festive celebratory dances. What happens if you have no friends and family? Kill someone? <laughs> no, no, it's you. I, I don't. <laughs> All right. I wasn't expecting follow-up questions on Famadihana. Okay. See, I can't even get through the I can't even get through the description without more curiosity cropping up. This is a solid gold dock idea. Go. I really start, think start doing it. Uh, the fantasy coffins of Ghana, where they build coffins instead of being an, an austere mahogany mm-hmm. uh, box, they are in the shapes of boats and race cars mm-hmm. and whatever the person in life loved. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I find that amusing. It's like taking the race car bed to a whole yep, new level. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. It, it's a little maybe evocative of pinatas in the celebratory, sure. yeah. colorful way, not in the let's crack it open and eat whatever inside way. Let's crack it open and see if there's candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There might be. You want to take a trip to Ghana with me? Not really. Okay, to go grave dig. <laughs> uh, New Orleans! They do the jazz burials where the whole the, the bands come out and do a parade down the street mm-hmm. and uh, big, big parties. Yeah. Uh, Resumation, have you heard of this mm-hmm. one? No. This is uh, using, using alkaline hydrolysis to break down the body instead of fire. So it's a, a chemical decomposing process for for cremation and is it oh f- for, is it done in the same way that, oh i guess i was thinking of a funeral pyre like the like the um ceremonial sort of fire right to it's I, not like that it's i a, think this it's is a behind more, closed yes, doors yeah sort yeah, of thing yeah, yeah yeah okay. yeah this is more like you know you don't you this don't go a, to watch the cremation right, sure, sure. but this is a more eco-friendly version of cremation because there's less fumes being let off. It's it's a, a more contained yeah. uh, d- decomposition, uh, accelerated decomposition of the body. Yeah. And finally, where you can get the ashes of your loved one pressed onto a record of your own design. So if you have recordings of your loved one's voice, you can make a vinyl album uh-huh. and then have the their... So now I feel like that is ridiculous <laughs> because the vinyl yes. works yes. right either yes. way so like you were saying with the reef it yes you can have the vinyl without the ashes see i think the reef is the better option between those two because at least that has some other value in the world as the reef putting your ashes in it but putting your ashes i am not <laughs> campaigning for end vinyly right now putting ashes into vinyl yes what Anyway, okay. I think it would give the audience something to sneer at. That hipster crowd has taken things too far right. with their their albums. But it would be an interesting process sure. to see, and and you'd get to hear the voice moving from the audio cassette or mm-hmm. whatever recording. See how they press it onto an album and how they work the the sure. ashes in. Just as processes, mm-hmm. these are might be interesting. Kind of yeah. fascinating. And this one is not a process. This was just interesting. I think this was in China. Suspended burials where there was this very sheer cliff going straight up mm. for a quarter mile or whatever, and they would work um, wooden beams into the cliffside. And then the coffins are stacked on these wooden beams up in the sky above instead of the ground wow. below. Very elaborate. They don't do it, but uh-huh. it's still there. They're, Interesting. That you could visit and, and do a nice hmm. little drone montage. So if anybody wants to produce a documentary, boy, have I got a winning there idea you go. for you. 
but you can see like this kind of doc I think making. It's, it's I think it would be interesting. Um, I mean, it would be one of those things that I would watch on like National Geographic Channel, yeah, where I'm like, yeah. oh, look at all these different ways that people deal with um, the remains of their loved ones in different parts of the world. And it is a big question that I think is a lot on in the back of people's minds mm-hmm. is you know what what do we do next? What's after? Sure. This? So that's it. That's the pitch. All right. I knew there would not be tons of feedback on that one. Nope. <laughs> um, and yeah, you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Then it is time for... <laughs> I pushed that button without realizing that I don't have a graphic to overlay there that says the other pitch. So now I have to make another graphic for the video version we don't even put out. Yeah, I was going to so. say, you just made yourself more... Theoretical work. (laughs) Yep, that nobody will see. It is time for the other pitch. Okay. All right. Now, this is one that has been rattling around. I have gotten no third act. I've gotten no second act. Okay. Uh, But I love the premise. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hear it. This is called... I'm not even going to tell you the title. I'm just going (laughs) to... Okay. Because it's... Weird. (laughs) Because who cares? All right. Okay. So, try to imagine it's like 1985, 86. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's, um, there's this kid, Kevin, it's a, like a, a movie about a kid, Kevin, who loves video games. Okay. So he's always, you know, waggling his joystick and playing video games. <laughs> okay. And then one, one day, like he gets sucked into the video game. Mm-hmm. We might've heard this pitch uh-huh, before maybe. in other films. So sure. Nothing new there. So this Kevin gets sucked into the video game, right? Mm-hmm. All right. That's not where our story takes place. Our story takes place in like 2011, 2012. There's this kid, Kevin, Mm -hmm. and he's a collector of old movies and videotapes. And he finds this VHS copy of this movie called Kevin in the Other Dimension. And he pops it in and he's having a blast watching it. And when Kevin gets sucked into the video game, Kevin today gets sucked into the movie where Kevin got sucked into the video game. So now Kevin, the title is Kevin and Kevin in the Other Dimension and the Other Dimension. And that's why I was waiting on that because it kind of gives away the the screwiness of it all. So now Kevin is stuck in 80 in the video of the movie about Kevin who gets sucked into the video game. And Kevin has to get back to his own time 2011, 2012, and outside of this movie. Um, He does. Mm -hmm. But when he gets back, he finds in his closet the Kevin that replaced him refuses to go back to his proper time. A future Kevin? A future Kevin got sucked into his life Uh when he got sucked into the movie about the kid getting sucked into the video game. Okay. At which point he discovers that it's Kevin's all the way down. Mm -hmm. And uh, this, the one who stayed behind is suffering like severe post-traumatic stress. Like he is, he's battle damaged, scarred, whacked in the head, and he refuses to go back. And what we discover is that final Kevin is trying to work his way up and uh, primal Kevin is also trying to work his way up. And we're headed to this confluence of Kevin's. Okay. That's the premise. Okay. Well, so I would say that the, the act two stuff that you need to figure out is you need to invent a a way that I guess if, if the main Kevin in 2011, Mm -hmm. that Kevin is our hero, then you need to invent you as the writer, a way that he's not going to do it for me. uh, No, a way that he can, (laughs) a a way that he can solve this problem. Right. Because, um, I don't know what it means to have Kevin's coming at you. (laughs) This is exactly a so what story right now. I mean, no, it's not. It's not a so what story. I haven't figured out what the point is. It's like fun. It's a fun setup. but We have no, no conclusion. No. Sure. 
what does it mean? <laughs> right, right. And that's fine. I mean, I don't think you have to know that when you're just noodling with the fun premise, right? Mm-hmm. I think that once you sort of start f- teasing the story out of your premise, that's when you start, that's when the thing that it's about kind of comes to you. I find mm-hmm. that that happens for me a lot when I'm sort of, you know, brainstorming based off a nugget of an idea and like thinking about the directions that it can go. A lot of times that's when I start going, I think this is what it means to me. Like, Mm -hmm. I think this is what the story is about to me. It's about, you know, this particular aspect of the experience, or it's about how this rule of the universe is in effect, you know, or whatever it is. So I don't think you need to know that just when you come up with a fun premise. Um, However, I don't know what's happening on screen. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the part I think you need to figure out is like, so, so primal Kevin working his way forward and, and end Kevin working his way back. Final and primal. Yeah. What does that look like? Are they being sucked into the present day world at different points? Are they fighting? Are they staying in the shadows and playing tricks to try to kill the other Kevins. Like what, you know what I mean? Like what are those, uh, actions that's, and I'm not asking you to answer that. I I'm have just saying, no answer to that. I've been thinking about this for so long sure. and this is the far that you are hearing like the milestone <laughs> that I reached last night. Got it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is a fun setup. Um, it'll be a really cool movie when you figure out what that, what that thing is. <laughs> Won't it just? <laughs> when you figure out like, what does that mean? What does Kevin have to do? You know? Yes. What does he have to do to solve this problem? Um, does he have to stop technology? Does he have to kill himself over and over again? Like, what do you want to like watch? That what do you want to watch him doing? Is there a way that he figures out that he can zap them back into their times? Um, is there someone he can get help from and then they can do this together? Is there, um, is it something about, you know, him, having to own his life and the choices that he's made in his life. And Mm -hmm. when he does that, then he's able to sort of stop the other Kevins from taking it over. You know, these are areas that you can brainstorm, right? One that keeps coming up in the back of my mind is that it is uh, like, we can't live our experiences through media. Like it, it, watching things is not a life. Right. It's, uh, Oh, so that leads you to a good thing or a good, you know, area to explore then. So maybe it's like when the Kevins are showing up in his life, they're taking over little parts of his life, his experiences. Right. And he has to bump them out of the way so that he can like go on the date with the girl mm -hmm. or win the spelling bee or whatever it is. To actuate. Exactly. Whatever it is he's been avoiding doing because he's been, Hiding behind his, his VHS collection yeah, from the exactly, 80s of, exactly. of ironically bad films right. that he... Right. So yeah. I think that's like, those are two, you brought up two good ways that you can sort of brainstorm what you might want to see happen in this movie. Like what, what does the movie actually look, what does it actually look like on screen, yes, right? Yes. Like that's a are, big question in my mind. <laughs> well, like these are the two areas that you can, or two of the areas you can brainstorm from is like thematically, um, if this is what the story is about, what kinds of situations might that... might might grow out of that theme. And then also um, like coming at it from the other direction, which are like, which is just what kinds of things would I want to see him do? Like what actions might he take to solve his problem? So then you can brainstorm that way too. And you might come up with something that melds both, or you might just go, nope, I just want to go this way, or I just want to go that way. And then you can start plotting it out. 
Now, as, as I'm brainstorming, just your own opinion, and I may or may not do what you say. Okay. Um, just so <laughs> you know. <laughs> I want to put you in your place right away. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm thinking about this, should I be thinking infinity budget, or do you think I should be thinking, like, realistic budget? Because it could quickly become a yeah. million dollars a minute if, right. if it went to the full extremes. I think it depends on, this is the thing that we talked about last episode mm-hmm. or a couple episodes Ooh. ago, is like, what's your, what's your end goal with this? Is this a writing sample or do you want to make this on your own? You know, um, I would go with writing samples yeah, so and then I should just write whatever budget, the, write, the best idea is the idea that wins yeah, kind of write thing. the thing that showcases you as a writer. Okay. I think I might rewatch time bandits. I think mm-hmm. it, that might be a kind of similar anarchic. I've never seen it. So, oh my, I wonder <laughs> if it's on Netflix. If it is, we should add it to the list. Yes. To, yes. <laughs> I think we should. So I think, is it okay if we revisit this idea? Yeah. If I keep trying to crack yes. and, and chip away at this I story? I would love to hear what else you come up with it. If you next week, or if you're like, okay, I know what the action, you know, of act two is. And even if that's yeah. just like a broad description of like, it's a road movie, he has to travel to all the places he's ever been in his life to knock off the other Kevins that are invading at those points or whatever, yeah, that yeah. would give you something to move forward with. Right. Yeah. Yeah, from yeah, there, yeah. then you could go, okay, so what are those places? What's this you yeah. know, road trip look like or whatever? No, but right now it's just uh, nuttiness floating yeah. in, in a vacuum. <laughs> right now, all I have in my mind is like a whole bunch of guys who look exactly alike. <laughs> I don't think it's that. I think each Kevin is different. Oh, interesting. I, I don't think they're all the same okay. person. That, that makes it easier to tell them apart on screen. Yes, good. yes, yes. No, because <laughs> I don't want that. Like, I that occurred to me once, and then I thought, well, then every it's just being John Malkovich again. Yeah. If everybody's the same person, right. then it, it's a wacky, nutty Charlie right, Hartman. Right. It also just made me think of multiplicity. Oh, yeah. Yo, they... He, the, he there's cop, one person working in the copy is never as, as sharp as the original. There's one person working in that family, Michael Keaton. <laughs> they have two houses. He has a whole second house just for him to go to when he wants to get away from his house with his family. That was a thing. Like that was, that's the thing you remember from that movie. You don't all, remember all the Michael Keatons running around. How much money? How cheap was it to live in L.A.? And he wasn't even that good. Like, he was always leaving his job and always... I'm, I'm going to venture to say that it was not the most realistic premise. I don't think which they were... Which part? I'm trying to yeah. think of anything in that film that might have been heightened. Yeah. I and think there were things that you could just accept as being part of the movie. There were a lot of Michael Keatons. I did yeah. remember that there were <laughs> multiplicities of him, if yes. I may. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we have got our first contender for repeat picture yeah let's let's, let's see, see how if it, it grows i hope i come up with a good idea because i love this setup like sure. there's so much uh like it, it feels like it's crackling yeah. the idea yeah. and, and if and if we can bear that out it'll be fun to see how it develops over time and i think mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing for anyone who's interested in writing a script is just to kind of witness the process like this is all you have right now it's not yeah. like you're faking it it's not like you're holding back like your your great act three twist or whatever yeah, like, yeah, this no, is no, all no, you no, have is... so anything you come up with from here forward is like sort of real time developing yes, an yes, idea. Yes, yes, yes. And I want to continue pitching some idea weekly. You might hear those pitches getting more compressed and less mm-hmm. uh, plot, less detail oriented, sure. so we can make time for developing uh, some ideas in a, in a richer way. Okay. But uh, are we good? Yeah, we're good. Then it is time for. Something. 
anything else. <laughs> we are both fully realized adult human beings with interests that go beyond the film industry. And that is why we are taking movies off of the table for this segment. Okay. We have to be able to, we must be able to speak on some other topic, even if it's in the most perfunctory, simple way possible. Sure. Um, do you have a something, anything else this week? I do. <gasps> I am not forfeiting. My... That makes me either way I win. Cause I get to hear about <laughs> your, your rich and textured life or sure. I get to wear the, the invisible <laughs> crown yeah that's true it's i cannot win-win. lose all right here's here's my something anything else for this week it's actually been going on for a couple of weeks um i started using the app couch to 5k all you right heard of, you've heard of this right um only every only. time you come over here now <laughs> yeah so it's an app you can get on your phone um i decided i wanted to start running again and uh i ran i used to run pretty much daily, but a long, long time ago. Um, and so I needed something to help me overcome my own inertia mm-hmm. <laughs> and lack of desire to actually be, you know, outside running. Inertia is real. I was running every day before I went on that, that two week shoot up in the desert. Mm-hmm. I have not run once mm-hmm. since I've gotten back. Yeah. Like if you lose that rhythm, yeah. it's hard to get back. So yes. what do you recommend? How would you advise well, I get that rhythm back? <laughs> so I really like the couch to 5k app. It's, it's very much like, um, for someone who is not a runner, mm-hmm. right? So it so it's the the thing that I love about it is that it's not intimidating. It promises to get you from the couch to running a 5K in I think it's eight weeks or nine weeks, something like that. That is so, plenty of yeah. time. So it's very, very small baby steps, which mm-hmm. is Great. It's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, and yeah. so this is what I love about it. Um, it's on my phone so I can listen to my podcasts while I'm running, but it will interrupt me and prompt me to run or to do a brisk walk or to run now, again. Or when whatever. you say your podcast, do you mean yeah. movies, the podcast, or do you mean the ones that you listen to? <laughs> my for- other, oh, the, okay. the ones that I listen to. My favorite, your I, favorite. I don't want to, you know, listen to just your voice and my voice the whole all day. I cannot so. fathom a reason anybody <laughs> would want to hear anything other than the dulcet tones. Uh, so I really voices. like listening to podcasts because it, it, you know, it engages me enough that I'm distracted from the pain of running. Um, but, but it's nice because the app will break in and sort of coach you along. So, so what I'm saying basically is that this combination of the app and listening to podcasts while I run Mm -hmm. makes it so I don't actually have to think about anything and it just helps me do it. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. I think about podcasts. I think about like, we live in a world where pod okay the podcasts for me are essentially a chauffeur mm. so if you imagine back in the day if you could afford a chauffeur you'd be sitting in the back seat reading the newspaper or something mm. or catching up putting new ideas into your brain sure. we now i i can drive myself but i still receive the same benefit mm. of reading uh, you know the first couple of pages of the sure. newspaper through podcast format yeah. so it's, i guess it's, it depends what you're listening to yeah but yeah but what the, it, for me it feels like it is the value of an entire chauffeur in my mm. life and you can download them for free yeah would you believe that I uh, like podcasts? <laughs> I could have guessed. All right. Uh, so what's your something, anything else? Here's another great way to ingest podcasts. Here's another thing you can do while listening to podcasts is I have spent the last week uh, walking the dog of a friend of mine. Oh. And dogs are just such a delight. They, they are. So happy and grateful. <laughs> this dog, I've been feeding smoked buffalo lungs as a treat and she loves them. Yeah. She adores. Have you ever had buffalo lungs? I haven't. Okay. Would you like me to steal you one no, from Zoe's you. treat? <laughs> no, thanks. 
<laughs> well, that's all. I think dogs are nice. They're, they are nice. What kind of dog is is this? Small. A small one. Okay. But doesn't know it. It will see a dog <laughs> ten times its size and pick a fight. Yeah, that's funny. They're yeah. They're just nice. Dogs are good. Yeah. Dogs or cats, we have to ask. We have to address this on the air. Which is your favorite? I like them both, but I, I have a dog, so I guess I've made You're my You are dodging choice. the quest. Okay. <laughs> All right. Then I think we are good. Are we good? Is that it? I think it? we're good. Then what I would like to say is goodbye. <laughs> if people liked what they heard coming out of your, coming from your brain, yeah. being delivered through your mouth into the microphone and across yeah. the World Wide Web to their ears, if they liked that... Yeah. Where should they go? They can find me on my website, uh, writeandco.com, W-R-I-T-E-A-N-D-C-O.com. And as soon as I have 20 extra dollars, I am buying Write On Co. (laughs) I'm going to make it a, you know the plan, you know what it's going to be. It's just a matter of time. I can't wait. Um, And if you liked what I said, (laughs) uh, go to Sunshine pictures llc.com excellent or hollywoodfishbowl.com it's the same thing they all forward to the same place <laughs> all right and uh it, we do not keep track this is not a competition if you just go to naomi's and you don't go to mine that is okay don't feel guilty uh other than that we're good i think we're good all right then let's skedaddle all right bye bye